From the Ron McKeefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Souza talks to us about his story on betting on himself that led him to new countries and new opportunities, how to take your low points in stride on your path to success, and how focusing on application of your knowledge rather than the quantity of your knowledge can help you establish yourself as a coach. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. The Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's Global Director of Performance and Education, Coach Mike Bewley. Coach Bewley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward. Well, after 22 years of, of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that a step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more tra- uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and, and coaches and developing that camaraderie. I've always made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was too to try to get a crack into this this profession. And, and uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me. Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I'm joined by Coach Klaus Sauza. He is the, currently the assistant strength and conditioning coach of the Denver Nuggets. And prior to this, he was the strength and conditioning coach for women's basketball at Auburn University. And he's also had stops at Tulsa and also stops at the Tulsa Shock and Dallas Wings. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, could you tell us a little bit about your role with the Denver Nuggets? Roles are funny, right? Because it's like it's what students on paper and it's also what you do every day. And we all know as strength coaches, most of the time we wear many, 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 many hats. Um, I do a lot of uh, just making sure guys are, you know, training. I, I help Felipe, our head strength coach and everything that he needs. Um, matter of fact, this is like, he gives me so much autonomy that I don't feel like I'm an assistant per se. Right. Um, and I believe the entire organization kind of looks at us as like the weight room guys, uh, which not in a derogatory term, but more like, you know, you know what you're going to get with the weight room. Um, but then on a day-to-day basis, right. You know, like I do a lot of the ordering supplements, making sure we're stocked up and have everything we need, um, help, 
anything related to nutrition, you know, with our sports dietitian consultants and with Felipe and with our catering company, everything we provide the athletes. So I'm just like all hands on deck on that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, pre-practice or pre-game, um, during and post practice, post game, um, do a lot of the nutrition recovery stuff. So, um, that kind of sums it up a little bit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's a, a pretty unique story. How did you make that jump? Cause you've had a pretty, like your career as, you know, encompassed a lot of different like sections of our industry. And, and I mean, you're coming from Brazil and then, and I know this is probably, you've told the story a few times Then you went up to Canada and then you made your way down in here and then worked your way up. How did all those experiences prepare you for where you're at now? I think, uh, and it's usually what I try to convey, um, to people. It's like, you can read a book and get the knowledge of the book, right? You can, um, have a conversation with someone like we're having right now and, uh, learn something from it, take something from it both ways. Right. Um, but when it comes to, you know, moving overseas or, uh, changing jobs, it all comes down to perspective, you know, um, regardless of where you look at it from the perception and perspective that people get most of the time will be different. And I think going to all the places I was lucky enough to be at and that when I, when I look back at, you know, my professional trajectory, like I kind of laugh because um, it was nothing like done on purpose but it was a lot of it done with, of course, a lot of hard work and determination. But, um, dude, like, it, it's really cool. Like, it's a really cool feeling, you know, knowing where I came from Brazil and where I'm at now. And, but it was the perspective at every place that helped me get to the next one. And that perspective helps shape you into a better coach, a better human, a better, you know, partner, spouse, father, etc. So uh, I think it all comes down to perspective. Definitely. And, and I know it takes a lot in like what you said, perspective and, you know, two coaches like us, so we've, we've been in long enough to understand that. What was your mindset when you, I mean, I mean, it takes a lot of betting on yourself. Like you went from Brazil to Canada. That's the complete opposite from bottom of the earth, like to the top of the earth. And it's just, that takes a lot of betting on yourself and then go from Canada, uh, you know, to Tulsa. That's just, it takes a lot of guts to do what you did. And I know we could think perspective about what got you through that time as a young strength coach when you were, you know, when the perspective, you know, might've come a little later, but when you're betting on yourself and you're like trying something, I would imagine that's terrifying. Cause if I had to go down to Brazil right now and try to help out with like one of the soccer teams, I would probably, it'd be nerve wracking. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, man, it, it's, 
again, I don't want to sound cheesy or corny, but um, when you love something and you care and you have that passion inside, uh, the fear goes away. You know, like you have, you know, you have a little bit of butterfly stomach, but, uh, you know, I had it multiple times and, you know, like, um, it, it's nerve wracking, but at the same time, it almost like, I feel like there's a sort of like a higher power taking care of you because the reason why you're doing certain things is for the right reason, you know? Um, and I hope I won't get emotional here talking about this, but I remember hugging my father at the airport. And this is like 14 years ago um, when I was leaving Brazil for the first time. Right. But I was leaving with a, just a one-way ticket. Um, And I have enough stuff like with me that was like, like not a lot, you know, I had like a, a big backpack and a suitcase. Um, you know, it's like, I remember, um, he whispered in my ear, like, Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna succeed. You're gonna win. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it was like, I also felt like I would, I had a place to come back if I needed to. Right. But I didn't want to. Right. 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 Like it was like, hell yeah like you know like i got support you know i got love with the people i i i love and my family and i'm just gonna freaking do this you know and like btb you know like like burn the boats bro like yeah i'm not coming back you know um and that that's kind of like what you were talking about you know betting yourself i mean it's like i'm not gonna go move from Brazil to Canada and come back in a year. You know what I'm saying? But I only had money for six months, but I knew I had six months to make money for the next six months, you know, and then the next six months and then the next six months. And that's how I was looking at it. I wasn't looking on long-term goal. My long-term goal was like, dude, listen, the, the, the upside here is, I don't know what's the upside is. I'm going to, I'm going to learn English and I'm going to hopefully work with sports. That was my goal leaving Brazil. I didn't know I was going to be a strength coach. Um, and then that's the upside, you know, like worst case scenario, two years, a year and a half, three years, four, I'll come back with tail in between my legs and, you know, just lick your wounds, go to the next one. Um, but the downside was, okay, I'll have six months of English. I'll have a little bit of experience at a Canadian university. I will, you know, have whatever experience I could have in six months, come back to Brazil and then keep living your life. That was the downside, right? So, but to me, it was like, oh, yeah, I got this, you know? So. No, definitely. I think that's uh it's an inspiring story. You know, we all have our version of us of a story, but that's uh, it takes a lot to be able to, like you said, bet on yourself, have a one way ticket and not an, enough money to get you by for a full year. And, and it progressing, I think that's probably helped you along with you through your career and, and kept, like you said, your trajectory, it kept it going that way. Now, 
you know, Wait, when you go ahead. No, I was just going to tie it up because um, I think I painted a good story from, uh, you know, the kind of philosophical way and then my mindset and the passion and, 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 you know, the support of my family. But I had one family member and it, it sticks out like a sore thumb. We were at a family function and uh, this family member goes and says, why are you doing this? You know, it was out like Klaus is leaving. Like, and I'm like, what do you mean? Why am I leaving? And she's like, well, nowadays you can find everything on the internet. And I'm like, your head is in a hole right now. You know, like, 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 what are you talking about? I felt insulted because I'm over here changing the curse of my life. And, uh, she's over here basically saying like, what are you doing? It's stupid. So for all the haters out there, like, do your thing, man. Like, don't, you know, because in my mind, I'm like, what do you mean? You have no idea. It's not about, it's, it's not just knowledge. Like, it's experience. It's perspective. That's what I'm looking for. You know, I, I, I want to squeeze this orange a little bit harder to not be like every other person in Brazil, right? And, and not to say that I don't like people in Brazil. What I'm saying is, is like, dude, like, I have a mom that's German, a dad that's Brazilian. I grew up in a multicultural house where, you know, like I'm, my dad is speaking Portuguese with me. My mom is raising me German. I have my whole German side of the family, you know, and I'm talking to them. I'm traveling overseas growing up, you know, and then there's this internationality ingrained in me. You know, I have dual citizenship, German, Brazilian. And, um, I felt like, why am I going to just stay in Brasilia, Brazil for whatever, you know, like to me, that made no sense. Like I have to go explore this thing. I have to go, go get it, you know? So that, that was a little bit of the, you know, like the, 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 the backstory of, um, you know, like when I decided to leave and, and all that stuff. So I just laugh. I was like, what do you mean the internet? Like, <laughs> I don't want to look at a computer screen. I want to go meet people and like, you know, be at places. So no, definitely that, that experience. And, you know, like you said, the perspective and just the people and the interaction with the people while you get those experience and the knowledge, I think is an important thing. And I, I hope a lot of the other strength coaches listening understand that. Cause you know, we all could, easily go get a, a weekend certification or we could all just go, like I said, look it all up, but you know, why not interact with somebody or go, you know, stay with somebody for a week or so and get an in-depth experience with another coach. And, and man, like I'm dude, that's the thing. You get me fired up. My coffee's kicking in. And it's like, it's like we have so many options of uh, external resources, right? Outside of our degree, I'm saying like, continue ed is literally like flooding your screen. Like, like I'm talking like there's this course and that course, this apprenticeship and, and that conference, and then this summit and then this virtual experience. And you're like, dude, here's the thing. And, and, and one of my best friends, um, I told him, I was like, dude, I need to read more. This is like years ago. He was my roommate at Auburn. He's one of my best friends and he's a strength coach in the NFL. Now he says, he says, what do you mean? And I'm like, I, I'm not reading enough. I'm, I'm falling behind. I kind of had a hard heart with him. And he's like, 
what do you mean you're not reading enough? I see you read often. And then it's like, yeah, but it's not enough. Like I have all these books I want to read, you know, like strength coaches love to do that. They stack a book and then they take a pictures like leading risk for the, for the next six months. And, or, and then it's like, there's like 25 books in there. I'm like, dude, like, is your head stuck in the book or is your head looking around your athletes? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, by all means, like knowledge is power. I'm not saying don't read what I am saying. So back to my friend, he says, are you reading the books or are you reading the book? And I'm like, He's like, dude, are you reading just putting that stuff in your hard drive and then you're kind of forgetting about it? Or are you reading it, thinking about it, making notes and applying what you're reading? And that stuck with me. And I'm like, dude, that's powerful. Like when you really think about it, because, oh, have you read have you read this book that came out? Have you read that book that came out? Have it, it, this and that, hey, hey, this course, uh, uh, how many tabs are open in your computer? You know what I'm saying? But then, but then it's like, it's the fear of missing out, right? Like, like that's what we do. Like a strength coach comes out with a book, like everybody rushes to buy it. And I'm like, I rush to buy it, but I rush to buy it not so I can read it faster. It's more like I'm going to rush to buy it either so I pay a cheaper price or to, su- to support a fellow coworker. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because if I ever put a book out, I would love for strength coaches to buy it, you know. But I think I, I think that's kind of like my my little side tangent about about that. It's like it's like it's also advice, I guess, for younger coaches. It's like don't worry so much about more, right? We talk we tell our athletes all the time, like more is not better, right? It's like quality is better. So like, how quality are you reading those books, and how are you applying this kind of information? We'll be right back. The GymWare Power Tool is the gold standard for measuring performance and implementing velocity-based training. The question isn't what does GymWare do, but what it doesn't do. You can perform velocity zones, jump testing, athlete profiling, predictive 1RM analysis, live leaderboards, asymmetry resting, fatigue monitoring, and so much more. Because of the versatility the system offers, coaches can rest assured they're getting the real value for their money. They are the gold standard for velocity-based training with an interface that is easy to follow and a team at GymAware that are always top-notch with their customers. For more information, head to the website gymaware.com or contact the GymAware team directly. No, I'm a big fan of application and that's what I think uh, separates the good from the great strength coaches is a, your ability to communicate and have a, you know, a, a relationship with either the athlete or the coach, but also I don't care if all that knowledge is locked up in your head. If you can't apply it, it's pointless. hundred percent. And matter of fact, sometimes you slow down because you just know too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh, which one do I pick today? You know? Right. right. And then I don't, we don't want any, too much paralysis because they're trying to analyze everything. So no, I'm a big fan of that. And how did that, so let's say you're at Tulsa, you're a GA and I, I take it that GAs don't, you're not, you're not working with, you're not the head strength coach for basketball or football. You're working with the, 
tennises and the, and the track and, and the other teams that typically don't get that, the head coaches, you know, perspective on it. How did your perspective going from Brazil to Canada and making your way to Tulsa and then being a, a GA and working with teams outside of the, the big five sports help you develop as a coach? Um, man, it's like my GA years were probably the, the, the worst and the best thing that probably ever happened in my career, you know? Um, cause I walked in thinking it was going to be this, like, like, like fairy tale, you know what I'm saying? I thought it was going to be, Oh, this is the sweetest thing ever. Like I get a stipend schools paid for go to class, coach athletes, weight room vibe. But, uh, this thing was, was a, this thing was a sucker, man. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like, like I'm talking like, like, you know, like 4.30 wake up call, weight room by 4.50, you know, make sure everything's set up for football, uh, you know, meeting at 5.15 with the staff to brief what we're going to do, um, you know, then like, like slam, like, you know, 5.45, 6 a.m., first group, you know, 7.30, second group, you know, 8.10, third group or whatever. And and then it's like debrief morning, you know. So I was like it's 10 o'clock and you already had three groups, um, you know, two monsters in. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, like drenched in sweat because, you know, off season, humid, uh, summer grind. I mean, if you work with football, uh, not that it has to be like that by all means, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but that's the experience I had. And looking back, it's like, what the hell are we doing? Right. But I mean, it it taught me how to work, uh, with, uh, difficult people. It taught me how to understand, you know, collegiate athlete better and all this stuff. And, And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, so much will put on my plate that it was either like sink or swim, you know? And, um, on top of working with football and I say working with football full time, cause, cause we were up there. Um, you know, I would travel with football and all that stuff. It's like, um, had to run the facility. You know, it was a big thing at Tulsa. Like they, they said like, Hey, like this semester you're in charge of the facility. You know, I freaking hated it. I hated it. But at the same time, it's like one day I spent like 10 hours sewing med balls, like, you know, like, but, but then again, like when have I ever done that before? And guess what? I learned that you can sew med balls and with turf needle, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? And fishing line. Yeah. And it's gonna, it's gonna last you an extra year. So like if you're tight on a budget and you can't afford med balls, you don't want the 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 freight, you know, all over the facility. Like get someone, teach them how to sew, look at some YouTube videos, like and, and you can kind of find your way around it. But it wasn't really like, hey Klaus, here's the sewing line, here's the hook, you know. It was literally like, yo, those med balls need to be fixed. Like, 
All right, next topic on the list. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Coach, Coach Sosa, you're in charge. I'm like, oh, shoot, okay. Like, you know, like, why am I doing this? This is pointless, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, and I tell the, the closet story all the time, you know. We talked about this before. You know, my first duty as a GA, it wasn't what team am I going to train. It was like, yo, see that mess over there? Look like a grenade went off. Yeah, you got to catalog everything and organize it. I don't care how you do it makes your system. It's like, boom. And then fast forward to, you know, first week with the nuggets job. And it's like, Hey, you see that closet, you're going to be a lot in there, like moving supplements and all this stuff. And like organize it however you want it. It wasn't like, you know, as terrorizing as the GA closet, but it was, it was a closet. And I'm like, I'm looking at the parallels. Now the perspective comes into play and I'm like, I organize a storage three times the size of this. So this is going to be a walk in a park. And who's to say that like, I'm, I'm too good as a GA to organize a closet. That shouldn't be my role. I should be training athletes, but the reality is like, dude, I'm telling you right now as a full-time coach in the professional realm right now, I organize closets all the time. So it's like, we coach athletes too. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get onto that here in a second, but like, don't, don't think that, because you're this place and then one day you want to be at this place, this place is going to be that much different than the first place. Cause it's not dude, the, the parallels and the intersections are all over, you know? So, um, so that, that's kind of like the, we were talking about GA and my experience there. So on top of all these like administrative duties and, and, um, and I hope I'm going to tie this the, the right way at the end. Um, you know, I was also given the opportunity given the opportunity, like, like I'm, I'm choosing my words wisely now because you know, a lot of GAs that don't get a chance to, you know, run a team or program for a team. And these words are so dear to heart of strength coaches, right? It's like, it's like, Oh, he doesn't let me program. I'm like, dude, like, like really? Like, is that, is that the focus? But guess what? You're not wrong. Cause I was like that too. Right. Um, it's just understanding the big picture and understanding like, yeah, there's a time and place for you to learn how to program and all this stuff. And that's important. I'm not taking that away. Please don't crucify me. What I'm trying to say is that um, those things will come. Right. And, and as a young coach in a GA position, I mean, it might not be the first thing you're going to do. Okay. But then again, I was given the opportunity to work with the men's and women's tennis teams with the throws, the track and field men's golf. And then those teams, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to put my ideas on paper, present that to the staff, get a nip and say, this is good. This is trash. Work from here. Think about this, et cetera, et cetera. Man, this is my team, whatever. Like, like, dude, it's just even if they're making it extra harder, it's just so whenever you get to a different spot, you know how to handle with resistance. Right. You want you know how to handle pressure. Um. So that, that was like a great experience because let alone I had to do a lot of the managerial administrative part, work with football full time. And then I still had some of these teams assigned. Uh, that's a pretty overall package when it comes to experience. Right. Um, 
So that's why I say it was the best and the worst thing because I struggle a lot. And people say all the time, like, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. Well, in my GA years, you know, for two years, I was uncomfortable every freaking day. Maybe the methods weren't the best, you know, looking back, it's like that, that, that's stupid at times, but I still learn from it so fondly because I'm like, is that suck that it was so sucky that today I'm proud and I laugh at it. And when I talk to people that were in the same situation, dude, we barely laugh of some of the stuff we've gone through. Right. So um, hopefully that, that kind of makes sense in those, in those GA years. And then to, to, I told you, I was going to kind of tie it all up. Right. Like the, the biggest validation and this had happened before, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll bring it as a story that happened recently. Uh, again, like world is crazy, right? Um, I'm working with the Nuggets and we, we, uh, we um, gave a contract to a player that happened to be at Tulsa when I was a GA. Oh, nice. Okay. Right. So, so like he played college ball at Tulsa and then now he's playing for the Nuggets and you know, it was like, yo, what's up, man? Good to see you. Like, he's like, oh my God, the world's so small. And then what's up, what's up? And then suddenly it was like, you know, like, so how everything? And then you still talk to the coaches at Tulsa and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then um, another player walks in and I'm like, yo, guess what? Like him and I go way back, you know, I was a GA uh, while he was playing, playing college ball. The player, you know, looked at me, he's like, wait, you were a GA back then? <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude. Like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, for real? Y'all in that weight room all day. Like, and you had all the teams and you work with football running around. Like, I thought you were like a legit coach, like full time. And in my mind, I'm like, wait, GAs are legit, by the way. But, but like, that's kind of like the stamp of validation that, you know, like people talk about the, like work for the job that you want or pretend that you're in the current job that you are, like you're making the best of it and you just don't care about the circumstances. You just, you know, work for the next job. And I mean, that, that was a pretty cool feeling. Cause it's like, here's a guy that, you know, I didn't work with basketball a lot back then uh, at Tulsa, but you know, like we had interactions and I helped the team here and there, but um, <laughs> you know, for him to be like, what your guys are GA for real. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to me, that was like a big, a big stamp of like, oh, wow. Like they, they treat us as full times with full time responsibility, but I'm just a GA, you know? So it's like my professional career started way back then. And this, the, the, the way we attacked it and approach it and the, the, the tasks that were given to us as grad assistants, uh, were full-time tasks. And I'm very grateful for that because it prepared me for the fire coming ahead. You know, I think that's, uh, you got a, you got a great story and I'm glad we're able to get this out there. Cause it's, it's true. We all, it's all that perspective, you know, when you're in it, when you're a GA, it sucks. And you're just like, this is not it. But then when you look back on it, I was like, that helped me out. Oh, hundred percent. And, um, it, it, I promise it won't come quick. You know, there's going to be a lot of like, come to Jesus with yourself and it, you know, where, where you're going to start like connecting these dots, but it, it all credit to, you know, our director at the time and the senior staff and, and everybody, it was like not one time, 
Not one time, right, looking back at my career, big old football workout set up. We got stations on the field. You know, big coach walks out and says, all right, we have this station and we have that station. And then here, over there, you're with, with the GAs. Not once. You know, it was like, on that station, Coach Sosa. You know, on that station, Coach so-and-so, you know, it was never like, like over there is the intern station or like interns here, you got the plank station. Like it was just literally like, all right, we got a core station. Like you would coach whatever, you know, like it's coach. It was like, or with this person, there's no labels. Right. So, and I think that's very, that's very important for the athletes to perceive your staff as full-time staff. After all, you hire them for a reason. So don't treat them as, oh, they're just a little paid intern. Like that's, that's not how this should work. You know, it's literally, it's like, Hey, go work with so-and-so. That's all you got to say. You know, team builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world. Performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I have yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.